Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're in a series called the ABCs of Faith. We're looking at the prayer of faith, and particularly today, having prayed the prayer of faith, you know, what happens next? But first of all, let's look at the prayer of faith in Mark 11:24 from the lips of Jesus. Therefore I say to you, he said, to you, he's saying this to you, whatsoever things you desire, this is prayer for your own needs, when you pray, you've got to desire it, but you've got to pray it, and you've got to ask for it. When you pray, here's the key, believe you receive it, and then you will have it. So if you believe you receive it when you pray, then you will see it manifested in your life in due time. Now, you have to believe you receive because God immediately sends the answer in the spirit because he gives it upon request and you believe you receive it into your heart uh, and then you will have it. Jesus guarantees that you will have it. Now, this takes confidence. Hebrews 4.16 says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, obtain the answer and go away from the throne with the answer in our heart. How can we do that? We must have the confidence, of course, that it's God's will. This thing is covered by his promises. It's his will. Then we must have confidence in God himself that he's generous, he's a liberal giver. He gives it to us upon request. He doesn't withhold it from us. It's a throne of grace where he freely gives it to us. We must have that confidence. Then we can come and receive. Luke 11.9 describes the prayer of faith. Ask, and it will be given to you. No delay. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. See, this is to build confidence. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then to build us confidence more in the character of God, that he loves us, that he gives to us freely. He says, well, if a son asks for bread from any father, Will he give him a stone or he asks for a fish? Will he give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What's, what is he saying? God loves you. God is a generous giver. Will he not freely give you what you ask him? You're his child. He loves you. And notice he says here, you ask and you can receive in the same prayer, in the same action. One gospel says the Heavenly Father gives you the Holy Spirit. The other gospel in Matthew 7 says that he gives good gifts. So let's put those together. God gives you the gift immediately. You ask it, you receive it. But he gives the Holy Spirit. The two are equivalent because every gift he gives you is in the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual blessing that you receive in your heart once you've received it, it will show itself in your life in a matter of time. All right. So 1 John 5.14 talks about the prayer of faith. It says, this is the confidence we have in him. We have to have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The confidence we have to have first is that this is God's will. We have to have confidence in the word, the promise that it's God's will. But we must have a second confidence too, that this is the confidence we have in him, confidence in the character of God, that if we ask something that's his will, 
He hears us. That means he answers us. That means he sends the answer to us. He's the God of the immediate response. We have to have confidence in his generosity, his liberality, that he gives it to us upon request. We must have that confidence. Only then can we, can we have the confidence to believe we receive it when we pray. That's what verse 15 says. If we know that he hears us, if he know that he sends the answer to us when we pray, whatever we ask, then he says, we also know, we also have this confidence now, that we have the petitions that we asked of him, that we possess them. How can we possess? That we've believed we've received them, he says. If you have the confidence it's God's will and that God gives it upon request, then you can also have the confidence that you can believe you receive it, that you possess the petitions. That's the confidence you need to pray the prayer of, of faith, you see. So, God is a God of grace, of liberality. Let me build your faith for this from some scriptures. Romans 10, 12 says, The Lord is rich, generous to all who call upon him. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He who did not spare his son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him also freely give us all things? Freely. That means he doesn't hold it back. He gives it freely. All things. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He has given it to us already. It's available on request. Hallelujah. In Christ. 2 Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already given us all things that we need. And we just need to have the faith and the confidence to come. And it says in verse 4, and be partakers of those things of the divine nature. Hebrews 11.6 says that uh, without faith it's impossible to please God, but he who comes to God in faith must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, he's a rewarder of those who come to him. In other words, he gives the answer to them. He's a liberal giver. He's a rewarder, not a withholder. You've got to believe that if you're to have the faith that pleases God and receives from God. And then we also saw James 1, verse 5. It says, if any one of you lacks wisdom or any such blessing, let him ask of God. But w you need to believe something about God if you're going to be effective. It says, who gives to all men liberally. He's a liberal giver and without reproach. And it will be given to him. When you ask of God, he gives it to you immediately. But... Let him ask in faith. What do you have to believe? You've got to believe he's a liberal giver who gives you the answer immediately. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. If you doubt the fact that God will give you the answer upon request, then you won't be able to believe you receive it. He gives it to you, but you won't be able to receive it. He says, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So the, he... The one who believes he's got his eyes on God and he knows he's a liberal giver and he's able to believe he receives. The one who doubts is double-minded because he's got his mind on two things. He's got his mind on God. He knows God is good and he wants to bless him. But his mind is also on all the waves and the wind and the circumstances of life. And if he doesn't have the right feeling, if the circumstances look wrong, then he, he doesn't you know, he, he, his faith is in two things at once. He's not sure that God will give the answer immediately, and so, he's, so he can't receive. 
because he thinks maybe this isn't the right time. I'm not feeling like it's right. Circumstances seem as if it's not working right now. God must be delaying. And so, because he's double-minded, he cannot receive anything from the Lord. That's what it says here. He's like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Don't be double-minded. Be confident that God loves you, that he freely gives all things to you upon request. You come to him and you look to him. You have confidence in him and you believe you receive it from him. Don't be double-minded. Say, God wants me to have this. It's his will. And he hears me when I pray and I believe I receive it right now. I have it now. Be single-minded. Let me give you an example of this, how God can actually send an answer, but yet you could fail to receive it. Uh, it's when Jesus told his disciples to go on the sea. And uh, he told them to cross the lake, but a great wind rose. You'll find this in John chapter 6 and also Mark chapter 6. And uh, as a result, they're in great danger. They were struggling. They were afraid. They prayed, no doubt. They said, God, save us, I'm sure. And then God sent the answer to them, and it was Jesus walking on the water. John 6:19 says that uh, after rowing a few miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, drawing near to the boat. Why was he going to them? Because he was the answer to their prayer. But here's the interesting thing. If we read in what Mark 6 says in verse 48, it says, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. That's a shock, isn't it? He would have passed them by. Here's the answer to the prayer. They prayed, God responded, and yet they could have let the answer pass them by. Because Jesus isn't going to force himself on you. You have to receive the answer to the prayer. It's not imposed upon you. You've got to believe you receive it. And so the answer was sent, but was it received? Going back to John, it says in John 6.20, they were afraid, and their fear could have caused them not to let Jesus on the boat. But he said to them, it is I. I'm the answer to your prayer, he said. Don't be afraid. And then it says, they willingly received him into the boat. You see, as well as asking, you've got to receive the answer. And immediately the boat was at the place where they were heading. There was, a, in this case, an instant manifestation. But once you receive the answer, once you receive Jesus into your heart, you're instantly a citizen of heaven. Praise God. It happens at once. But sometimes when you receive something in the spirit, it takes some time before it's manifested in the natural. And so to pray the prayer of faith before, you must build your faith up, your confidence from God's word that, that enables you to believe you receive. And then the prayer of faith, this may take some time, but then the prayer of faith is very quick. You come to God with that confidence in your heart and you believe you receive it. Then after the prayer of faith, well, the first thing is you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got it, and I thank you for it. And then you walk and talk and plan as if you already have it, because you do have it, you see. Your, and your corresponding actions and words actually release the power of God to bring it to pass. In that time, you need patience, and I'm going to talk more about that period of time. Having prayed that prayer of faith, you've received it, you need patience now to maintain that state of faith so that God's power can bring it to pass into manifestation. Don't fake it. Don't fake faith. 
Don't start acting and talking as if you've received a promise by faith when you really haven't. You've just got mental assent. Just imitating the words and actions of someone in faith has no power. Some people think they, they put on an act so that they're accepted or maybe they want to avoid the corrections of the faith police. So they pretend to be in faith when they're not really. They copy. They think, well, people who get things from God, they seem to walk and talk a certain way. So if I act like that, maybe I'll get it too. And so they put on words and actions, but those are just empty words. And they can lead to disappointment and faith failures. Be and, and it causes confusion to themselves and to others. There's no real faith behind their words because they've never received. So you have to first of all receive it by faith. Then when you act in faith, then when you act and talk, it's coming out of the faith in your heart. That releases power. So if you haven't prayed in faith, be honest with yourself if you have or not. If you haven't yet, don't pretend you're in faith when you're not, but simply keep building up your confidence in God and his word, meditate the word. Say it to yourself. Build it into your heart. And when that confidence is there, you come to God then and believe you receive it. And then you'll be in reality. Well, a wonderful picture of the process of faith is actually the planting of a seed into the earth. God uses the picture of a seed for faith tremendously because the seed is planted in the earth. It's invisible. And then it grows and it produces, in due time, the harvest. Genesis 8.22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain. This is a principle of how God works in our lives. Seed time and harvest. And Jesus talked about the seed in his parables. That's how the kingdom of God works at this time. The seed, of course, is the word of God. It's the container of God's answer. The answer's in the seed. When you receive, the seed is the word. And when you receive the promise, the word of God by faith, through the prayer of faith, what that is like is that seed is planted in your heart. Once you've got that seed, you've got the answer because that seed can produce the results if it's planted in your heart. If you receive it, it has the ability and the power to produce the, the fruit, the results, the manifestation. It has to be, first of all, received, though. That's the prayer of faith, is the planting of the seed in the heart, you see. The earth is like our heart, and we need our heart to be in good condition, of course, to receive the seed of the word. Once it's been prepared, praise God, you know, the seed doesn't look like much, but it's got great power. It contains the life, the blueprint of the answer. It's got the power to bring it to pass. You've got to receive it, though. When you pray the prayer of faith, you actually receive the seed of God's life, the answer into your heart. And then the time period between the planting of the seed and the harvest, when it's manifested, is exactly like when you pray the prayer of faith. There's a time period before the answer is fully manifested uh, because the seed takes time to produce the answer. All right, but as soon as you believe you receive, that seed is now at work, growing and producing the answer. It will be invisible for a time, but it is working under the surface, and soon it will spring up, and the answer will become manifested. 
That's how the kingdom of God works. We must maintain a heart of faith while that seed is doing its work. Jesus said in Mark 4.26, that's what the kingdom of God's like. It's a seed. Day by day, it sprouts, it grows. And uh, first the blade, then the head, then the full gr- grain in the head. And then it's harvest time. You see, God wants to produce that results in your life. Receiving God's answer in the prayer of faith is receiving his word. It's receiving the seed in your heart. That's how it works. Believe you receive your healing. Now that healing power is working inside you and it will drive out sickness and it will make you whole if you just keep believing. That seed will do its work. Praise God. It's got the power to do it. It's well able to manifest the answer. Praise God. And so when you've received God's healing power, when you've received the seed, you can relax because now you have the answer. It's in you. It's working in you. Just keep thanking God for it and it's going to come to pass. Praise God. Keep watering it. How do you do that? By confessing the word, by thanking God for it. If the seed is neglected, if you stop believing in that, then it can become dormant in you and stop producing the results. So you have to maintain an active faith. But don't be discouraged because the principle of seed time and harvest means there is a period of time between the seed time and the harvest, the manifestation. And in that time, it requires patience on your part. Patience is a word. Hupomeno means to, just to maintain your believing while it's coming to pass. You believed it into your heart, now just believe that it's coming into manifestation. But because there's a period of time involved, and I can't tell you how long that time will be, but you need to be patient in that time until the results are seen. The temptation is to stop believing because it's not happening fast enough. But you have to maintain patience as a farmer does between seed time and harvest and not dig up the seed. We need patience in that time. The book of Hebrews speaks to this very much because the Christians there were being tempted to quit, to give up their faith under pressure. Let's look, look at what, they, what Paul says to them. Hebrews 6.12, he says, Do not become weary, discouraged, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Faith is the, the initial believing you received. Patience is continuing to believe. They are the ones that inherit, that receive the answer, manifested. Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. You see, they had confidence to believe they received, but they're under pressure to cast it away. All right? But he says, don't cast it away because it has great reward. What's the reward? The manifestation of the answer. For you have need of endurance, patience. That after you've done the will of God, what was the will of God? To believe you received the promise. After you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise manifested in your life. You need patience. You need to maintain. Hupomeno, patience means you, 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 you stand up under. There are pressures coming on you to quit, but you, you stand up under. You keep believing under those pressures. Hebrews 3.14 says, We have become partakers of Christ. That's to believe you've received. You believe the anointing. You believe you partake, he says, if first 
we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. The beginning of our confidence is when we believed we received. We've got to hold that faith steadfast, patiently, until the end. What's the end? That's the, when it comes to full manifestation, you see. Then we will partake fully. Praise God. Now, get slightly risky here with another analogy, which is to do with sex and pregnancy, because that's to do with the seed as well. You see, coming to God in intimate communion and believing you receive is, is like intimacy between a husband and wife. You see, we receive his answer in seed form into our spiritual womb. That's our heart. At the moment of union. God's seed needs to be fused with our faith to create the baby which is to be born, which is to be manifested. Then we're pregnant with the answer to our prayer, you see. One, if we've believed we've received it, then the, the, it's fused with the egg. If our faith is not there, if there's no eggs in there, then God can give the answer when we ask for it. The seed goes in, but there's no eggs to unite to. And nothing will be born. And it's, then don't please, don't go around pretending you're pregnant when you're not. Because that will just confuse everyone, including yourself. But it says, the seed is invisible. You see, but what happens when it unites with the egg in the womb? A new life is created in, on the inside. When you receive God's seed in your heart, that blessing is formed inside you. And then it, there's a period of time, isn't it? In fact, nine months in this case, during which it's growing on the inside. It's still invisible, but it becomes more and more visible. It's growing on the inside. You need to take care of this baby. You need to feed it and so on. But that life, when you, the moment you believed you received it, is con the conception. The life is there then. You've got that baby. And now at this point, you're not struggling to get pregnant. You're not trying to get in faith because you're, you, you are in faith. You have it. The baby's in you. You, you can relax in, on that point. All right? But now what do you need? You need patience because that baby's going to take a bit of time to come to birth. You need patience in that time so that you, you don't abort, you see. You're patient and it will come to pass. Hallelujah. Then nine months later, there's the great joy of that new thing manifested. But when did you receive it? When you saw the baby? No. When conception happened invisibly in your spiritual womb. And a wonderful picture of this, of this faith, is the birth of Jesus with Mary. Because in Luke 1.30, the angel comes and says, don't be afraid, Mary. You're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. This is God's plan for your life, Mary. And his name will be called Jesus. Mary naturally said, how can this be? Since I know not a man. In other words, our first response to God's promise is, Lord, that's impossible. That can't be. How can this be? How are you going to do that? And then the answer was, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. And the Holy One to, will be born in you, the Son of God. And then he said in verse 37, For without God nothing shall be impossible. But literally, that is, no word of God is without the power in itself to bring itself to pass. In other words, how will it be? The answer is this. It's through the word of God, the seed of God, which has the power within itself. And the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power that it goes with the word. 
And all you have to do, Mary, is receive that seed, and the seed will do its work in you. And then verse 38, Mary prayed the prayer of faith. She said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, I submit to your authority, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I believe I receive the word. I submit to the word. I surrender to the word. That's the prayer of faith. And at the moment she said those words and believed she received, God's word was received into her womb and she would conceive Jesus at that moment. Praise God. The moment she received it, it was conceived. And then, of course, it was growing in her for nine months before Jesus was actually born. That's how you were born again. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, the word of God, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This word is the gospel that's preached to you. God planted his seed into your spirit, and you were born again the moment you believed you received Jesus as your savior. God's seed recreated your spirit. Hallelujah. But you had to receive it, like Mary. Hebrews 4.2 says, the word that they heard did not profit them, not being not mixed with faith in those who heard it. You see, the word has the power, but you have to receive it in your faith for it to profit you. You have to believe you receive it. Then conception will take place in your heart, and you will have the answer. You see, you've got to believe you receive it. You've got to believe the promise. It says the promises of God. God is not a yes and no God. The promises of God are yes in Christ. All the promises of God are yes, and in him are men. In other words, God says yes the moment we add our amen and say, I receive it, then it says they come to pass to the glory of God through us, through our faith. The glory of God is revealed in our life. We need to, to know the prayer of faith. And having prayed the prayer of faith, we, we stand in faith. We are patient until seed time. The seed brings forth the full harvest. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 talks about receiving the seed. He says, I thank God for you because you received the word of God. You didn't receive it as a word of man, but you received it as the word of God. In other words, you submitted to it. You accepted it. You believed you received it, which now is effectively working in you who believe. He says, you received it as the word of God. And now in that believing heart now, that seed is now working effectively, mightily, energetically, bringing forth the answer, and it will continue to do so as long as you continue to believe. He says, I thank God for you because that is your heart. Believe God, receive it, and then continue to believe, and that seed will come to pass. Your baby will be born. Amen.